Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Up top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone. All right, welcome back to episode 78 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. Presented by The Hub Chicago, and we've been on a little bit of a two-week hiatus. Travis was on vacation last week, and really, there's not a whole lot to talk about. You know know what I'm going to talk about? I'm talking about how I'm done hearing about the MLB is what I want to talk about. No shit. I mean, like, either fucking figure it out. I'm sick of, of, at this point, it's it's, it's both sides. Yeah, everyone's saying, blame the owners for this. I mean... Whatever they agreed with back in March, it's different now because they're not going to play as much as what they agreed to back in March. Everyone just needs to quit being a bunch of pussies. I'm going to play the damn game, come to an agreement, and quit being a bunch of divas. Yeah, I mean, it's at this and if you don't want to play, then I don't. I really could give a shit less. Yeah, at this point, like I feel like everybody is like is in that same boat, like. Hey, guess what? We don't give a fuck because we're going to be getting back basketball on July 31st. We're getting back hockey probably shortly after that. Football is going to start, you know, later that, uh, you know, if college football starts later in August and NFL starts in September, like at that point, the MLB's already lost half of their viewership right there. So, I mean. Well, when, when football and everything starts anyway at the end of MLB season, I feel like they lose – some traction for the teams that aren't necessarily in it anymore. Their main months are your like May to July. Yeah. And now that those are gone. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And then you see all this shit about uh, the MLB, like that Orlando airport, like half of their employees tested positive for COVID-19. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, either way, we're getting sports back, starting to get back into the swing of things. But until we get sports back, we are going to start our NFL divisional previews. I mean, really, we, we had to start. Like, there was – there. Yeah, I mean, we don't really have much time to cover all of them. Like, Travis and I laid out a content calendar literally every week for the rest of the summer leading up until the first week of football – we have something planned except for the week I'm going to be on vacation. But so we have literally every single week planned out. So we had to start this week. Yeah. And what better week than to cover possibly the worst division in football, I think, which we are going to be talking about the AFC East uh, today, which obviously with our Miami dolphins in it. And I don't know about you, but I think this could be the worst division. Oh, 100%. I even had – I mean, I'll go ahead and spoil the surprise here. I literally think a, a team, that whoever wins this, is going to have a losing record this year. Okay. I don't I – don't, I wouldn't go that far. I would say I – mean, no. I looked at all these guys' schedules, though, and it was hard for me to find a team I, – I went through all of them. It's hard for me to go through one of these team schedules and see, and see a, a winning record. I mean – I don't know. That's a lot to say. I will definitely say that no team will have over 10 wins. I think that the winner of this division will have nine wins for sure, but I don't see them winning with a losing record. Okay. With yeah. That being said, eight and eight could win too, though. 
With that being said, we'll dive on in to the first team. First of all, we do want to say there's only 77 days until college football kickoff and 83 days until NFL kickoff. So, hopefully, okay. hopefully, fingers crossed. So, yeah, that's not including the preseason. So, basically, we're going to go do our AFC East preview. For those of you listeners who listened to us last summer, you know what this is about. But basically, for those of you new newbies, we're going to run through, we're going to do, we're going to look at every single team in the AFC East, talk about, um, you know, their acquisitions, their departures. Uh, you know, we're not really going to touch on their draft because we did an entire draft episode. If you want to go listen to that for each team, episode 74, that's your jam. We're going to talk about, you know, pick a, a lot of key players for the team that year and talk about the Vegas totals for their over-unders. So we're actually going to kick off with the defending AFC East champions, the New England Patriots. Um, and really, I mean, like I said, you want, you want to hear about the draft, go back and look and listen to episode 74. But they had a lot of departures. I mean, a lot of departures this year. Um, the, the big one being Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady signed, signed with the Bucks. That was a big one. Philip Dorsett went to the Seahawks. Um, you know, they had a couple of players go to the Dolphins. Ted, Ted Carras, Dolphins of Lyman. Uh, maybe I'm saying that right. Landon Roberts went to the Dolphins. Kyle Van Noy went to the Dolphins. Jamie Collins and Deron Harmon signed with the Lions. And Gostowski, I think he got axed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Danny Shelton went to the Lions. So, yeah, six players went to two different teams. They lost a lot. They didn't really get anyone no. to replace the people they lost. Like, they lost some pretty big key players, and they're replacing them, I guess, with people that were on their bench that they drafted last year, and then they're getting their place taken by people they drafted this year. But they didn't really sign anyone big, um, which brings us to our first question in the offseason. Did they get any better or any worse? And obviously I th- they did not get any better. That's no, obvious. I think it's they got worse by a long shot. I mean, right now – They definitely got worse. It's just the question is by how much. I, I think it's by a, a, a vast margin. And we'll talk about their Vegas over-under here in a minute. But, I mean – their quarterback options right now are Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. We'll talk about that. I don't think that's like their main point of worry. Their secondary is still top tier, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Their defensive front seven is what I'm looking at. Is yeah. what's going to be their big Achilles heel. Yeah, they lost two of their top five tacklers and their top two sack leaders from last year. And they didn't replace them with anyone as equal. Yeah. By any means. So their defense is going to be weighing heavy on them, which was a big part of their game plan last season. So uh, we're going to dive into the next portion, which for those of you who know, you're familiar with, those of you who don't know, we do a sleeper, a breakout player, a bus player, and the MVP of the team um, for each team. So sleeper goes first. Jared, I'll let you go ahead. So my sleeper is probably going to surprise you and surprise a lot of people for the Patriots. But this was this was a tough one to pick. I mean, looking at their roster, you know, I think it's super easy to pick a rookie to be a sleeper. But I'm actually going to go with Brian Hoyer, um, the quarterback that they signed, who has been there before. He was there in 2018. He was with Indianapolis last year in 2019. Um, and veterans just have a, a savvy way of coming into into this New England system and, and performing well. I mean. You can look at Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt as two recent examples. Uh, and everyone's talking like about Jared Siddham, like he has the job already, like he's going to be the guy. And I don't think that's the case. Hoyer's not super old. He'll be 35 in October. Um, and, you know, he's going to compete for that job. And if he does get that job, I think the Patriots will be better off. He knows what to do with his weapons. Go look at his stats in Houston in 2015. He had two, uh, 2,600 passing yards. 19 touchdowns and seven picks. I just think he's a guy that's flying under the radar on this team that I think will probably end up taking the lion's share of the snaps this year over Jared Stidham. Okay. So we have a complete opposite because my sleeper is Jared Stidham. Uh, And I think he is going to be the starter. Brian Hoyer is old and he sucks and he's bald and he looks like a turd. I, I think people are ruling out Jared Stidham though like not because of the Brian Horius situation, just because 
they're like, oh, Jared Siddham, he's no Tom Brady. You're right. He's not Tom Brady. But this guy got a whole year to learn the offense last year under Tom Brady. He played at Auburn for three years. And while, I mean, the man didn't have any outstanding stats at Auburn by any means, but he's your typical Patriot way quarterback. You're one to two touchdowns a game, occasionally sprinkling a three touchdown game. He limits turnovers a lot. He has a very, very small turnover margin in all three years at Auburn. He's the absolute role-playing quarterback that the Patriots need. And, you know, he just fits into the system so well, I can see him doing a good enough job to at least be decent for them. Okay. I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, either way, I think you can you can look at these quarterbacks and count them as breakout players because one of them is going to have to – unless they just totally fall on their face and flop, you know, that's the only way that it'll happen. So let's move on into the breakout player. Um, and you want to go ahead and, and, and lead in, into your breakout player? Yeah. My breakout player is the player who I picked for my sleeper pick last year, which is Chase Vinovich, the outside linebacker. And I mean, look how that panned out. He obviously did good enough to now he earned stepped into a starting role on the team at outside linebacker. But again, I feel like he's just a guy that not a lot of people know about, doesn't draw much attention to, but I can see him really stepping in, filling the shoes of a Kyle Van Noy or Jamie Collins. And I think he's going to be the main piece of what I just talked about of that lacking defensive front seven. Yeah. And he's got some amazing flow. I like that pick, you know, Vinovich was <laughs> a uh, Michigan guy. He's a New England guy. So, We'll see him on some episodes of some kind of Barstool podcast coming this fall. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm sure of that. Yeah. My breakout player is going to be another second-year guy, uh, Inkeel Harry, the wide receiver um, out of Arizona State. Second-year guy. I mean, he was looking pretty solid before he went down with that knee injury last year. I mean, it was a crowded receiving core last year at Dorsett, Edelman, you know, all all those guys. Uh, And I think regardless of whoever the quarterback is, Inkeel Harry is going to be their main target. Um, I think he's Edelman's kind of, you know, Brady's not in that system anymore. And, you know, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman w- wouldn't be what he is today. Um, so I think Inkyo here is going to step into the spot, that big, long, tall body, and become the number one guy for the Patriots quarterback, whoever it may be, and have a breakout year. Yeah, I like him. I'm a big fan of him coming into the league. I just hope that he could stay healthy to do so. Um that's, that, that's the big thing. That's, a, that's the big question mark, him staying healthy. Yeah. Let's go into our bus player, and I guess I'll let you lead this off since we're switching back and forth. Yeah, mine's going to be James White. Um, and, you know, if you look at this, this backfield, it is crowded. Very, very crowded. And right. James White, I feel like James White is just the perfect Tom Brady running back, the little check down. That's – yeah, and that's why I written down like he he was a third down receiving back who was made by Tom Brady's checkdown, um, and I honestly think he's going to be behind Michelle, Brandon Bolden, and Rex Burkhead this year um, because all three of those are better runners than James White is. James White is not going to be in the system because he was made by Tom Brady. Tom Brady's no longer there, and I just think. He's going to be a major, major bust and not see a lot of the field this year. I can see that. I can definitely see that. My bust is going to be wide receiver Muhammad Sanu. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how anyone ever thought this would be a good addition for for the Patriots last year. That When they got him, I feel like everyone was like, oh, now the Patriots have Muhammad Sanu. No. He's never done anything great at all and never will because – I mean, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but he's kind of old. He's had an eight-year career, never had over a 1,000-yard season, never had over five touchdowns in a season. And last year, in eight games with the Patriots, he had one touchdown and 200 yards. So I don't see him being any better under this offense this year. So Mohamed Sanu, I'm sorry, but you suck. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I can definitely see that being the case, you know. Um, and, I mean, he was always like the second guy in Atlanta next to uh, Julio. Julio Jones. 
And I think that's why he got pumped up because Julio was so amazing and Mohamed Sanu caught four or five touchdowns here and there. Like, oh, he's the second guy. So I can definitely see that. So moving on to MVP, um, wouldn't be surprised if we had the same guy here, but I'll let you kind of kick it off for the New England Patriots MVP for 2020. So I hate to be stupid about it, but really I honestly couldn't pick one single player. And so, like, I didn't think anyone was deserving of that. So I just picked their their secondary as a whole. Those four guys in that deep, um, uh, you know, end on the defense, which is the McCourty brothers, Patrick Chung, and Stephon Gilmore. I was going to pick Gilmore just on his own. So I'll I'll just go ahead and say I, I picked Gilmore. I mean, that, that was my MVP. But I can see the secondary. I mean, that's like – they're going to have to be good because the receiving core in the East got better over this offseason, I think. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's just hard because there's no, I don't think there's another secondary in the league that's better than these four. Between Devin McCourty and Stephon Gilmore last year, they had 11 picks combined. Yeah. So any team out there is looking for great pass protection, and they have one of them. So – between the four of them, I don't see how you could beat that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's uh, like I said, I had Gilmore as mine, and their secondary is bananas. And if anything, that's going to be one thing that's going to keep them in games because, I mean, you got you got to look at, at the, the wide receiver core around the league now. I mean, you know, uh, Buffalo got Diggs. Um, they still got John Brown. That's going to be deadly there. Uh, you look at Miami, they have Devontae Parker. They're going to be getting Preston Williams back, Albert Wilson. I mean, that's going to be – Gasicki and all those guys, like it's gonna be deadly. I mean, New York, man, they got Denzel Mims, but still, there's gonna be some tough. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at 6 and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie vets. Some tough receivers to guard throughout the league this year, and I definitely see someone from their secondary being the MVP. I personally picked Stephon Gilmore. So, Yeah, it was hard for me just to pick between Gilmore and Devin McCourty just because Gilmore – has been known to make some boneheaded plays every once in a while, but he is great. So Vegas, the win total for the Patriots is over under nine and a half. And based on what Jared said earlier, I can only imagine that he went under nine and a half and he's shaking his head. Yes, I did as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to be bad. They're going to have some learning to do with their offense and it's going to be kind of a learning curve. Nowhere near the 12 wins they had last season. No, I see – I mean, I'm, when, I, and when I really look at their schedule, I see nine wins at most. I was going to say, at best, a 9-7 and seven wild card team. So you don't think they'll win the division at 9-7? and seven? I'm saying, at best, if they go 9-7, and seven, I think that the, that the Bills could probably sneak it out over them if they go 9-7. and seven. Yeah, I mean, they play Kansas City, the Rams, Seattle on the road, and they have Baltimore, San Francisco – a revamped Denver team at home. To me, those are all losses, and that's six right there. Yeah, it doesn't help that the AFC East, the shittiest division in football's conference to play this year, is the NFC West. Yeah, and the AFC West. (laughs) Yeah, so that's going to be tough. I definitely think under nine and a half, though. Yeah. That's a a lock. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, that's just – it's too much. I mean, it's just it's too much to overcome. So of my over unders in this division, that is the one I'm most confident on. Yeah, the nine and a half. If it was if it was the nine, I wouldn't be. But the fact they threw the half in there, yeah, I'm gonna have to take that take that under there. Yeah. So that leads us into we're gonna move into the division, the favorites to win the division in 2020, the Buffalo Bills. Which again, if you want to recap their draft? Go visit episode 74. Where we're gonna talk about their key departures. They had a lot. Um, not really not a necessarily lot. a lot, not just a lot. a lot of key, like player, like not Frank a lot, of big players. Yeah, 
Frank Gore left. Uh, Jordan Phillips left. Corey um, Legit, Shaq Lawson, Lorenzo Alexander. Like those are some big players. Yeah, I mean there there there's some there's some big dudes left. Even Kevin Johnson was a good guy in the secondary. Secondary. They went to Cleveland, so they lost some guys. But I'll let you lead in the next piece, Travis. What did they add? They added some at least one great piece. I mean, obviously we got Stefan Diggs. They added Mario Addison. They added AJ Klein, the linebacker out of new Orleans, Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson. So, I mean, they, they definitely added some pieces to help negate their losses. Um, but I don't think that they did as good of a job. Kind of like the Patriots did. Yeah. I mean, my one thing is I think their draft, their one, their first draft selection in the second round, really kind of made up for some of their losses because I think Epineza can fill the void of Shaq Lawson. And I think that's going to be a big piece, which kind of leads us into our next question. Did they get better? It's hard to say. I wouldn't say they got better, but I wouldn't say that they got much worse. I think Epineza can replace Shaq Lawson. And I think their receiving core got better, but obviously by adding digs, anytime you add digs with John Brown, it's going to be effective. Um, He's a complete game changer with Josh Allen's arm. It's going to change the game. But I am not saying they got better. I think they kind of remained flatlined. Yeah. I mean, they lost their two leading, you know, sack getters. I don't know what the fuck you want to call them. But they lost Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, who had, I think, like six and a half and seven sacks last season, which hurts. Um, You're looking at a team whose heart and soul was their defense. It leaves a question mark when you don't really feel – the void for them from them too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so, you know, we, we both kind of say, you know, it's up in the air in terms of, did they get better? I think they didn't get worse, but they didn't definitely get better. So that's going to lead us into our sleeper picks. Um, And I will go ahead and let Travis take it away with the sleeper pick for the Buffalo bills. Yeah. My sleeper pick would might not be a sleeper to people who actually are tuned into the bills very often, but it's Tredavious White, the corner. Um, and like I said, not really someone who you might think of as a sleeper, but it's also someone who you don't think of when you think of Buffalo Bills. But it should be because he might be one of the only stars remaining from the 2019 season. He had six picks last year, tied for most in the NFL. He's another prime guy that any team would love to have as an addition in the secondary so if you're watching a Bills game this year, which there should be more considering they're the favorite to win this division, listen for his name, watch out for him because Tredavious White is one of the more premier young corners in the league. I mean, I know you talked about, you know, um, the Patriots having one of the best. I, I think, you know, top to bottom, every team in this division has a pretty decent secondary. And, I mean, if you look at the Bills, you said Tredavious White, which is a great pick. I also think another sleeper for them. He's not my sleeper, but he's always been consistent. Jordan Poyer. You never hear like he's always a stud. Um, there's some there's some good players all around in the secondary in this entire division. Um, so I love that pick. But that being said, my sleeper pick is gonna be Tremaine Edmonds. Um, the third year linebacker out of Virginia Tech. And literally, like I wanted the Dolphins to draft him so bad and they didn't. And I haven't heard much about him. And he plays in the division that my team plays in. And I looked at his stats. I mean, he's had a, he had 115 tackles in his last year, 121 in his rookie year, but he's only had three and a half sacks in his two, first two years in the league. I see him getting more involved in this, you know, kind of defensive. I think he's going to be the leader of that front defensive seven and kind of take over in a third year. That's like the third year is really when you see start to players start to kind of like boom and, and develop is in that third year. And I think he takes that big step, beefs up that defense. I see a pro bowl type year for Tremaine Evans this year. I like that. I, I looked at him a lot and I was on the brink of picking him, but I didn't uh, breakout player. Keep the trend going. Jared has a whole bottle of Tito's in his hand. You <laughs> <laughs> drunk brother style, baby. Um, breakout player. I mean, this is, I mean, this is corny as fuck, but I'm going with uh, A.J. Epinesa. Hey, uh, so am I. I mean, when you look at their team, I mean, the Bills have a lot of players that have been solid for a while, so it's hard to pick a breakout yeah, player. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what 
what I was leaning towards. And it was really even more hard because although right now he is second on the depth chart behind Trent Murphy, that's not going to last very long. I, I, I kind of yeah. the same way, you know, and I don't, uh, because of that, you said he's, he's behind Trent Murphy. I don't think he could have landed it in a better spot. I mean, he doesn't have the pressure to come in and start right away. He's a late second round pick has a chip on his shoulder. Cause a lot of people had him going in the first. Um, and I just think he has a chance to shine in moments when he can shine on a defense that has, you know, quite a, quite a few new faces. So yeah. I think he's going to be a, a big stud on that defensive front seven. I mean, he really fell in the draft because of his, his bad combine and, and some other rumors, but the, the guy had 23 sacks in his last two years at Iowa, which is pretty damn good. I think a successful season and a breakout season for him in my eyes would be for him to bring in three to four sacks coming in off the bench. Oh yeah. I think so too. And like you said, he may not, have, he may not even be on the bench the entire year. It may end up being to where he, you know, pole vaults into a starting role later on in the year on a team that could be contending for the playoffs. So um, I think that's a good pick there. So I led her that let's lead into our bust. Who do you have as for your bust for, for the Buffalo Bills? My bust for the Buffalo Bills is Stefan Diggs. Now, hear me out. I think it's kind of obvious, and a lot of people who maybe see this coming, but he's going from a team with lots of wide receiver options in Minnesota to now he's a standout guy on his team. Like he has leaps and bounds, going to be the guy that's targeted. So then you look at it as okay, now he has six games a season where he's lining up against Stefan Gilmore, Xavier Howard and then Jamal Adams and whoever else in the Jets secondary. So that's six games a season where he could possibly get shut down real quick. And not even, not even just Xavier Howard or Stefan Gilmore on the, on, on the Dolphins have passed correctly. The Dolphins have Byron Jones. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's a lot of people. You just mentioned how good the secondary is in this division. And I think that it's not a bad thing to say that he's going to be a bust. Now, I'm not saying – He's going to be awful. He's coming off a year of decline, which is one of the first of his career, into a new team. He's going to be the focal point. I don't see him doing horrible, just not the all-star Stefan Diggs that I think everyone is expecting him to be, which is going to be a bust in, I think, everyone's eyes. Okay, I see that. I respect it. Um, my bust is the entire running back core for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. You know, you lost Frank Gore, who everyone knocks on him, but he's a solid dude that gets you a ton of carries in crunch time. We need it. Um, and you're leading back to be Devin Singletary, a second-year man at FAU who ran for 775 yards in, in his rookie season. Um, did he get hurt, though? How many games did he play, do you know? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, but I'm I was still, never a Devin Singletary fan, though. Yeah, I'm still calling bluff on it. They signed TJ Yeldon. Um, and they have Zach Moss. Yeah, yeah. They, they TJ Elden couldn't hack it in Jacksonville. Zach Moss is a third round pick out of Utah. Um, I just don't see this running back core being very productive behind this. To, in my opinion, even with the Mizzou guy in the offensive line, a very lackluster offensive line. Um, I just I'm, I'm not seeing it happening. I see a lot of it being being held to Josh Allen in that receiving core. And that could also play into Travis's bus as well when they become super one-dimensional. Yeah, and it really sucks uh, for Josh Allen, too, because if they had some good running backs, it would definitely help him out a little bit more. Yeah. But that leads into our MVP. I think we might have the same one. No, Jared. I don't. Uh, I'll go ahead and lead it off because uh, mine's your bust. I had Stefan Diggs. I just – I think they, the Bills have not had a stud receiver like Stefan Diggs in a long, long time. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, but there, there was some, there was some turmoil there. There's some turmoil from Diggs coming from Minnesota. Who knows if it'll work out? But I think with Diggs' speed and ability and um, just you know pure sense of the game, I think that him with Josh Allen can be a deadly pair especially if the speed – with him and John Brown pairing up side, side by side, both speedy guys, both quick, both good route runners. If Josh Allen can figure out his accuracy, I think Diggs can turn into 
a very good receiver. Side note, I just noticed this because I want to go back and look at their depth chart after you said <clears throat> having a Mizzou guy on their offensive line. It's just like being a Mizzou because Evan Bain is behind Mitch Morse again. Yeah, I know. You see that? Yeah. Um, but either way, I don't, I don't really like the MVP of Stefan Diggs because my MVP is the man throwing to him. Josh Allen. And I think as long as this team is in the situation they're in, the MVP is going to be him. Uh, He tremendously improved from the 2018 season to last year. So if he can have the same kind of jump again, I don't see how he isn't the MVP of this team. And honestly, maybe the MVP of the AFC East if they win the division. Because, I mean, in 2018, he had 10 touchdowns and 12 picks. In 2019, he had 20 touchdowns and nine picks. So if he can make a jump tour, he's throwing 28 touchdowns and five or six picks. That's going to be a, a damn good season for Josh Allen. I personally like him. I think he has great talent, and uh, he's going to have to make a lot happen with this team given the talent that they have on offense. I mean, he's going to have to do a lot. I mean – it's in talent, the talent they have on offense and talent that's in the, on the defensive side of the ball in this entire division is going to make it tough. So, which leads us into their Vegas odds. Their over under is nine, which again, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't know. I'll let you, but the nine, the nine with no half is tough for me. It is. And I'm going to take the over on a flyer here. The only reason I say over is because even with their defensive replacements not meeting the needs that I would have liked, I don't really see them going 8-8 eight and eight in this division. They had 10 wins last year. You even said yourself, you didn't really see them getting worse. I just don't see them having only eight wins. It's not the division that scares me. It's who the AFC East opponents are outside of the division. Yet They all have to play the AFC West, which to me – is stacked from top to bottom. Now that Denver's gotten better, Kansas City's gotten better. I think the Chargers are going to be just as good with Tyrod Taylor. Um, and I think Vegas is going to have a, a re- – and then, like, obviously the NFC West. Arizona got way better. You know, Seattle's a stud. L.A. Rams are always a problem. And San Francisco is in the Super Bowl. So that's fucking- – I think they could get five of their wins out of the division easy. Oh. Yeah, maybe four. I see four and two. Yeah, I'm gonna, four. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the under though, just because it's 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 at. And the reason why I don't see them getting to ten. If this was a half, if it was like eight and a half, I think I think that they could. They'll they will go nine and seven. I don't think anyone wins this bet. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I'm gonna take the under. And if they go nine and seven, we both lose and push. But I don't see that. Like that was my reasoning is I don't. I could not see when I looked at their schedule. I could not see ten wins. Like I just, I just, I don't know. Like everyone probably didn't see seven wins from the Jets' schedule last year either. But they did it. Yeah. So pause <laughs> this episode. Go look at their schedule and please let me know how you see ten wins because I don't see it. Which is why I think the under is is the safe bet. Or guess it doesn't really fucking matter because they go nine and seven doesn't matter. I mean, I see nine and seven. Yeah. I mean, at face value, you see nine and seven, but it's always best to go under rather than over. I, I guess I don't know. It, it could Life's too short about the under, Jarrett. Come on. That's true. So let's move on to the next team, which we're not going to talk about the Jets because no one likes the Jets. We're going to move on to our rebuilding Miami Dolphins. Um, again, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We talked about the draft in episode 74. I'm going to keep plugging it because I want you to go back and listen to it. I don't want to talk about the draft, their draft, though. So, um, so their key departures, I mean, really not a lot. No one, no one that is going to hurt them. You probably wouldn't even – you might know two names on this list if we – Maybe, maybe Rashad – I mean, Rashad Jones leaving kind of sucks. And Aqib Tlaib 
and Taco Charles. They've never touched the field. That's true. So, I mean, really honestly, nobody that's going to hurt them. But their key arrivals, they got Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Howard, Elandon Robertson, Eric Flowers. Like, those are some names who are going to change up the team for sure. Yeah. So, did they get better? Did they get worse? They obviously didn't get worse, but I – they they got better, but I think they have a long road ahead of them. They did, and I think they got better just because of their free agent signings. Like this, the, the big splash they made in free agency to me was the main reason why the why I mean, you know, with the amount of picks they had in the draft, somebody's bound to turn up and, and be good. I wasn't in love with their draft, but you know, I think their free agency signings is the big reason why I think they got better. Yeah, their offensive line has been horrible. They got a brand new offensive line except for one guy, I believe. Um, and I think it's pretty impressive to say that Shaq Lawson, the guy who had six and a half sacks last season, is not even on the starting lineup for the Dolphins. Yep. Which is kind of mind-blowing. Secondary has some holes. Offense that is, might just be a shit show for a couple of years. You think the secondary has holes? Yeah, I think uh, the safeties are meh, and like Bobby McCain in general. Yeah, so we'll, he's we'll a hold. So, well, with that being said, let's just roll into it. Sleeper breakout bus MVP. Who's your sleeper? My sleeper is Preston Williams, yeah, wide receiver. Baby. Yeah. Um, this man had some pretty insane plays, nutty catches last season before he was injured for and put out for the rest of the year. I mean, this guy, if you watch him play, he never gives up on the ball. Nope. He is like he is fighting for his for his fucking career. I mean, he had no crazy numbers. He I mean, he was averaging four catches on 50 yards per game. But you have to keep in mind that this man was an undrafted rookie coming into the league and he was getting four catches on 50 yards per game before he got hurt. Um, he's here to make a name for himself so he can keep his job. I think what helps him out a lot is his size. He's six foot five, playing alongside a six foot three Devontae Parker. So those two big boys can do some damage. Not, uh, not to mention Mike Mike Gesicki coming coming down the seam. Yeah. So I mean, you add that size against five ten, five eleven corner. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, my, mine's the same guy. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about Devontae Parker, which they should because he had a phenomenal year last year. And they're going to talk about Albert Wilson coming back, being fully healthy. They're going to talk about Jakeem Grant. You know, I mean, you look at the Dolphins' receiving core, and it's, I mean, it's, it's honestly pretty fucking good. Um, I mean, it's good. It's good if you know the Dolphins. If you don't know the Dolphins, you're like, who are these guys? Yeah, but, I mean, they're all pretty good. I mean, I think Preston Williams and Vontae – have the chance to be the, the first two thousand yard receivers since 1991 when Dan Marino was still slinging the rock. I, I, I can, no matter who's throwing the ball, especially if it's Fitzy, because Fitzy loves to fucking air it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Preston Williams is a great sleeper if he can stay healthy. I mean, the kid, like you said, his, his body frame is insane. Yeah, he's a big boy. So, same sleeper there. Breakout player, who you got? I don't know if this was my breakout player last year, but I'm going to go with it again. It's going to be Raekwon McMillan, the linebacker. His third year out of Ohio State, at technically his fourth year, but his first year he tore his ACL in the preseason. Um, he's a great talent. Last year was outshined by one of his former teammates at Ohio State, Jerome Baker, who I did not know how many tackles Jerome Baker had. When I looked it up, I fucking about – my eyeballs popped out of my head. Yeah. Um, Dude's a stud. And with McMillan, Baker, and Van Noy and Landon Roberts, I think you may be looking at the best linebacking core in the entire division. Um, and McMillan, I think, is going to learn a lot from Kyle Van Noy, and it's going to kind of direct him in the right direction to be like the field general on defense. I think the veteran presence from Van Noy and Roberts in the locker room is going to help out McMillan leaps and bounds because he's supposed to be the signal caller. That's what Flores wants him to be. And if he can – you know, finally get to that point, I think he's going to have a really, really big breakout year. Okay. I like that pick. My breakout player is Mike Gesicki. Yeah. Right in. Guy who needs it. I hated him after year one. 
Jarrett knows. We drafted him in the second round. He had zero production. Looked to be like a just a shitty player. But man came on strong around the middle of last year. He finished with over 500 yards and five touchdowns. As a tight end, pretty decent in today's game. Uh, what really surprised me is through two seasons, he has yet to miss a game. He's played 16 games in both seasons. It's pretty impressive. I think Fitzpatrick has finally found a weapon that, you know, other people might not see coming. Tight ends kind of disappearing in today's game. And he is more of like a athletic wide receiver-ish tight end. So I think that helps out a little bit. Yeah. He almost reminds me of like a – like Gronk was definitely a, a two-dimensional player, but he reminds me of kind of kind of like a Travis Kelsey. Like you don't see Travis Kelsey getting super big in, into the running game. He does every now and then. He's a little bit, he's a little bit more of like a a baby deer the way that he runs, just yeah. because kind of awkward. But he's definitely that style. Yeah, for sure. I love that pick. Siki, I think is gonna is poised for a big big year. So let's move on to bust, which I'll let you go ahead and go with it. I think I might have the same player based on your comments from earlier. I don't know. My bust is Jordan Howard. Running back, I think he was my bust for the Eagles last season, which turned out to be a correct pick. So he's getting the throne again. Ever since stepping into the league, his yardage has gone down every single season. So do you think do you think Matt Breida is gonna be the bell cow for, for the Dolphins then? I do. I definitely do. And you like think, him. You like him over Jordan Howard. Oh yeah, I love I love Matt Breida over Jordan Howard. I love I love Matt Breida in San Francisco. I think that was a great pickup. Jordan Howard is just like I don't know. When I think Jordan Howard, like it doesn't get me going. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't. Make doesn't make you feel. Doesn't make your dick hard like a diamond in an ice storm. You know exactly. Like, <laughs> that's what I just said it's like staring at a naked grandma. <laughs> He has 4.3 yards of carry in his career, which might be good. But even with the Dolphins' revamped offensive line, you're crazy if you think he's going to be getting that kind of yards per carry in Miami. I mean, he won't. And, and I agree with him being a bust because he's not going to have the role that he's had in, in other systems. I, I do think it's going to be a very split-shared system. And I think you're going to see both breed. Like, I would not draft either of those guys at fantasy because you're going to see both their productions dip. Because Flores is going to go with fresh legs, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, you may not he may not have a career low in yardage because, like I said, he dropped every year. Last year, he only had 525 yards because he was splitting carries. I think he gets a little more than that, but he's going to be around the 700 yard range at most, which will be a bust for a guy who's who's getting paid as much as he is. I think he yeah. paid quite a bit. Paid him a lot. Paid him a lot, and I definitely agree with that pick. My bust. It's going to be Bobby McCain. Oh, I mean, I wanted to pick him as just the worst human alive, but I didn't. I mean, he's getting paid way too much money, first of all. You were talking, you were talking about money. He's horrible. And he's had one good season, maybe two in Miami, and he cashed in on it on the ownership and the coaching staff that is no longer there. He cashed in on it whenever fucking uh, Adam Gase was there with the dude that got fired in Denver. I can't remember his fucking name at this point. The, yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. God damn, what's his name? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the defense coordinator. Vance Joseph? Vance Joseph, yes. He's shining in that system, but this is a totally different totally different uh, game. I think he's going to get outshined in a very, very crowded secondary. I mean, you got to think. You got Howard. You got Byron Jones. You got Eric Rowe, who came on very strong last year. That fucking rookie from Auburn. I think that rookie from Auburn can't pronounce his name, but he will he will outplay Bobby McCain. I bet. I mean, it's not that hard. You could yeah. probably he could probably pick half the players in the XFL that outperform Bobby McCain. So I think this will be McCain's last season in Miami. Hot take alert, and he's done. That's that's my bus is Bobby McCain. Horrible, love it. Horrible MVP of the Dolphins. Who you got? One, two, three. Ready? Xavier Howard. Nope. Couldn't pick him. I did it last year. I just – I based mine around the fact if he stays healthy and plays a full 16, he hasn't played a full year in Brian Flores' system. Um, and I think he could have a defensive player type year 
in a full year of Flores' system. Um, you look at guys that Flores has coached, Stefan Gilmore, all those fucking stud secondary people in Miami, Ty Law back in the day. Um, and seriously, Flores is there for that long. Um, he, he coached all those guys up, and I think Howard has all of the raw tools to do it. And under Flores' tutelage, I think he can get it done and have some of the best reception ratios and be viewed as like a no-fly zone corner. I am just very skeptical of him coming off the injury that he had. Yeah. I think that injury was super overplayed. I think they just shut him down. Because it was. Yeah. It was, but I would have liked to see I would have liked to see him play. I mean, I know last year was a wash and all, but come on. My MVP of team, man, who you were hyping up earlier, Jerome Baker. Yep. Linebacker. The the dude almost doubled his tackles from his rookie season while playing in all sixteen games to his second sophomore season. He had 129 tackles last year, ranking 14th in the NFL, 12th amongst linebackers. The dude, like, just all in all, he's a great personality. He's a team leader. If you watch the videos of him on Dolphin social media, like, he is a great dude. If he can continue his improvement, which, I mean, shit, almost doubling your tackles in a year – if you can just improve a little bit more, which seems to be the trend, no doubt in my mind he's going to be a top linebacker in the league for years to come. I think so, dude. I, I, I remember when we drafted him, I told you, I was like, I, I love this kid. He's a great fucking pick. Like you said, he's super high energy. I think he was a captain last year in the second year. I think he yeah, was, I'm not sure. I think he was a captain, and, and, and which is impressive. And the, you watch him play, he, he flies all over the field. Like, he's all over the fucking place. And – uh yeah, great pick. I love that pick. I love me some Jerome Baker. So leads us into their Vegas win totals over under six. All I don't I, like this at all. It's tough. I don't like it at all. I just with the offense and just the newness of the entire team, I really don't see the Dolphins being a seven win team just yet. I think six is six and ten is a number that is visual and I can really see happening but seven and nine just out of reach in my eyes so I'm just gonna have to take the under okay just based on people getting injured tanking again things like that I just can't they're not a seven one team they just I don't think it I don't think it's possible okay especially if you said the winner of this division being a losing record there's no way yeah no when you when I glance at their at their schedule it is it is tough because I can see seven wins, but that's the absolute ceiling. Don't, don't be blinded. I'm not. But my thing is they won five games last year with a shell of a roster of what we have now. Like, it was a totally different team. Fucking practice squad players, changing quarterbacks, fucking umpteen times. They won five games. So because just because of that, I'm gonna take the over. But I see six and ten. It's, it's like the same thing what you do with the bill with the with the Bills. Like, like I don't see them being better than six and ten, but I don't see them being worse either. So I have to go with the over just in case it does happen. Man, I just if it was five and a half. That's easy money. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna Talk about how hard the schedule is in the AFC East. So you're going to give the Dolphins seven wins. You're not going to give the Bills ten. Well, I, th- I think I think they beat. The, I think the Dolphins beat beat the Jets twice. Nah, I don't know. I think they beat the Pats once in Miami. They get swept by the Bills. I mean, outside of that, though, they're going to lose just about every game. They play. They play. They play Cincinnati. Which who knows how they're going to be? Other than that. I'm, I'm saying, like, it's it's the same way that you said you said with with, with the Bills, like but you, the Bills are are talented. Miami is, has a lot to work out ahead of them. I'm just saying I'm not going to count out Brian Flores when he won five games last year with a fucking half the talent he has now. So, all right, we'll see. Moving on to the last team, we have the New York Jets. Ooh, <laughs> damn Jets. Um, they're. Their draft again. If you want to check it out, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, I actually didn't mind it. Their first two picks were amazing. Ah, uh, McKee Beckton was a reach, but 
Either way, they got what they needed. Um, their departures, though. A lot. A lot, but nobody that's like, really? They lost that guy? Why would you lose him? Trevor Simeon, Ty Montgomery, Robbie Anderson, Demarius Thomas, which is probably a blessing. Ryan Khalil's a good one. Ryan Khalil, their offensive lineman. Calvin Beecham, another offensive lineman. But outside of that, like, I mean, they didn't really get anyone. But they replaced those losses on, on the offensive line with some some pretty decent players. They got yes, they did. Connor McGovern, Mizzou kid. Uh, I, think that's the, I think that's the other Connor McGovern, isn't it? Is it? I don't. I lose track of them. There's the fact that there's two Connor McGoverns in the NFL that are both offensive linemen. It should be that one of them should have to change your name. They they definitely should. Let me see. This is nope. This is the Mizzou Connor McGovern. That's what I thought. And Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, and George Fant, all offensive linemen. And obviously they drafted McKee back to, at number 11. So they brought in three brand-new offensive linemen. Four. Four. Well, George Fant's a backup. Yeah. But, yeah, three brand-new. So they revamped, that, re, they revamped that offensive line, which is a big issue, which leads us to did they get better or did they get worse? Um, I'm inclined to say a little bit better. I think they got some pieces to help out on the offensive line, which we all saw Le'Veon Bell struggle last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense they, they have a long way to go, but I'd say they got slightly better. Slightly at best. They got better on offense. Defense, I'm questioning, because especially with Jamal Adams now requesting a trade. I yes, mean, I did see that, but – who knows? I mean, everyone wants to trade these days. By the, way, by the way, guys, we're recording this on June 18th, so we have no idea if Jamal Adams will actually be on the Jets come start of the season. Seems like we always do this. Talk about someone needing to trade. They either trade, get traded that night or the next morning. Yep, yep. So um, uh, calling this right now, it's 934 Central Standard Time on June 18th. Jamal Adams will be traded by the end of the weekend on June <laughs> Probably. Um, sleeper breakout bust. I'm going to roll into the sleeper picks, if you don't mind. Go for it. My sleeper pick. Dude, this is almost impossible for me. Hard. Pierre Desir. No, you fucking didn't. No, you fucking Cornerback. Didn't. Yes, me too. All right. I don't know if you got this fun fact. He played college ball at Lindenwood in, in St. Louis. So I landed on Desir. And he's a 31-year-old guy, not, done really not a whole lot in his career. But he had a career year last year. Yep, three picks. 11 pass deflections, and that was all in 12 games. Yep, that's what I said. He didn't play a full – he's only played a full season once. Went to Lindenwood University. Yeah, he's only played a full season once. But I think, especially if Jamal Adams doesn't play or doesn't end up being on this team, he has the opportunity to be the best – secondary player on the Jets. Is that is that fair to say? Especially if Jamal Adams isn't there. If Jamal Adams isn't there, yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, the other players are just kind of hit or miss. I mean, they drafted that dude from Cal. They had Brian Poole from, I think, Atlanta. But other than that, like, nobody that's super standout-ish. That's crazy you picked him because I thought, I thought I was, like, diving deep for that. Yep, so did I. That's why I said almost impossible to pick a sleeper. Look at that. We landed on the same one. I mean, we probably both have the same breakout guy then, too. Yeah, Denzel Mims. Yeah, 100%. Yep. It's got to be. I mean, I was high on Mims heading into the draft. They got a steal in the second, him in the second round. Him. The fact that they got Becton at 11, I thought they fucked up because Mims was there then, and they ended up getting him in the second. I was Mims like, was there then. Judy was there. Yeah. They could no there had, had been no wide receiver drafted. They had their ultimate pick at wide receiver and they pick a tackle, but they luckily got Mims in the second round. Yeah. I mean it's just I mean it's it's like a dub pick, but you know, his speed, his his route running ability, I just see him being a big and talk about a receiving core that's completely depleted. You talk about about the New York Jets and he has the ability to be the number one guy. Well. I mean, he's that tall safety net that Darnold is going to need because they have no one else. Yep, I agree. So, with that being said, we agree on that. Let's run to the bust. Might have the same person here. Uh, maybe. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. My bust is Quinn and Williams. No. 
Okay. Uh, Quentin Williams, the third overall pick in the 2019 draft, had a pretty big letdown year. He had two and a half sacks and 28 tackles in 13 games. As a defensive tackle, you I feel like 28 tackles is just horrible. Not great. I mean – If that's any indicator as to how his 2020 season will go, I'll chalk that up as a huge bust of a pick – when you take into consideration that, I mean, at this point you're building for your future. So if you waste a number three overall pick on defensive tackle, who's going to provide that, then you might as well just kiss your future goodbye. Yeah. I mean, it was Adam Gase that picked him, so it doesn't surprise me um, in the slightest. My bust is going to be Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, I don't even think you need to say that, though. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> the reason why I said it, you know, I was looking at their depth chart, I think it's because fans are going to get so frustrated with Darnold this year. This is his third year in New York. The third year is the year when you're supposed to turn the corner and start being better. But they didn't really do any favors with Darnold by surrounding him with some talented players. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I guess. Um, but the receiving core is average. The tight ends are non-existent. Um, and I think he's going to be so bad, Travis, that they're eventually going to bench him for Joe Flacco. Yeah, I saw Joe Flacco was their backup. I'm like, I don't even get how Darnold is the projected starter. Yeah, right. That's how bad he is. That's what I'm saying. Like, Darnold will be a bust. And I feel like half of the year, Flacco is going to come in and play. I mean, he's a Super Bowl winner. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he's elite. Yeah. <laughs> um, MVP of the team. You want me to go? You go for it. Mine's the offensive line. Okay, he kind of did what I did with the Patriots. Yeah, the entire offensive line. Um, they made it a point to improve it. They brought in four new guys, three of which, which you said are starters, um, to an offensive line that what you straight up said it was horrendous last year. Le'Veon Bell did dog shit. I think he averaged like it was his worst uh, yard per carry average in his career last year. So they made a point to improve that because they know Le'Veon Bell is the is the focal point of their offense. Not Sam Darnold. It's not Denzel Mims. It's not their non-existent tight ends. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. So they have to improve the big sweaties up front. They did that. I see them causing problems for the defensive line in the AFC East and Le'Veon Bell's yard per carry average going back up maybe into the fours again this year. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and call them the MVP. So that actually works out perfect because the reason why my MVP is there is because of Jared's MVP. My MVP is Le'Veon Bell. And with this newly revamped offensive line, he has so much pressure to succeed this year. If he wants any shot of being like where he was before he went to the Jets, um, he's under a lot of scrutiny. He underperformed in year one of, of his deal, which is obviously not a good look. With this new offensive line, he's going to step it up. I think he leads this team to a little bit more success than what you might think based on what he did last year. So Le'Veon Bell is my MVP. I agree. I agree, which rolls us into the over-under of seven wins, which, man, this is, this is another fucking tough one. This is tough because um, they, they won seven games last year. but And we, say, and we said they got slightly better. We said but, they got slightly better, but the schedule. Yep, the, me too. The, 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 un, the under is the obvious pick. They're not an eight-win team nope. yet. They might be an A-win team if they had a better schedule, but at the very worst here, they go seven and nine. But like at the very worst for the bet, they go seven and nine. But I think that they go. I think it's. I think it's six easy and ten under. or five and eleven. I think it's an easy under bet, man. I think it's super easy. Um, I agree. So yeah, um, that does it for our AFC East preview. You know what I'm gonna do. We haven't done these in a while. By the way, flame us if you guys have any have any other picks. I'm kind of drunk. Um, we're gonna do some answer answer the internet questions. Yo, there we go. Some answer the internet questions. We haven't done these in a while, and I just fucking pulled probably the three best ones I've ever pulled in my life. Remember, we do always an answer the internet, a debate the internet, and a poll the internet. So, what do you want to start with first, Travis? Answer, debate, or poll? Start with the uh, debate. All right, we'll do that. We'll do poll last. Debate the internet's a good one. 
what are your top three gas station snacks of all time? You should be really good at this because you, you just went on a, on a road trip. I did. Top three. Number one is beef jerky. It makes your car stink so bad, though. Dude, I don't care. Everyone, like, flame me in the car. You can suck a dick because beef jerky is the best. Best. All right. Yeah, so that's sure. number one, beef jerky. Yeah, what's yours? Mine is sour gummy worms. Okay. Man, those, like, now I'm just thinking of a road trip, and it's like, those make my teeth feel horrible. But they are good. Yeah, sour gummy worms is my number one road trip snack. Are we? Are we doing? It's not. It's just gas station snack. I thought. Gas station. Yeah, gas station. Yeah, gas station snack. Um, my number two gas station snack. Uh, it's got to be got to be the the pizza that sits on the little rotisserie spinner thing. <laughs> Dude, especially if it's from a Casey's. Casey's Quick Trip's even pretty solid as well. Yeah, my number two gas station snack. Is the Snyder's honey? Um, I can't remember the name, but it's like honey garlic pretzels. Okay, they're okay. fucking heat. They're good. I don't know if it's honey garlic, but it's some Snyder's like honey something pretzels, and they are just so fucking good. So, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, my third gas station snack because I think I'm looking at food here. I don't want to go candy, or do I want to go candy? My third one's gonna be a candy because it's something that I always get when I'm at a gas station. What's what's yours? Snickers. Your third one, Snickers. Yep. I saw that one coming. Mine was gonna be a form of Snickers, so I'm gonna say Snickers as well, just because I haven't had a candy yet. If I get any candy at a gas station, it's probably gonna be a Snickers, even though they're like smaller than my dick. You gotta get a king size nowadays. At this point, yeah. it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I like that. Three one. gas station snacks. Let us know you guys' top three gas station snacks um, in the comments or whatever. Um, answer the internet. Would you pass 10 kidney stones in 10 years if it meant one of your teams would, would win back to back championships? No. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Absolutely not. I wouldn't pass one kidney stone in 10 years to win back to back championships. No. That's got to be. The most miserable fucking – I've never passed one knock on wood. Hopefully, I never have to. But Back to back? I don't so you have to pass, one. Yeah, you have to pass one, uh, one kidney stone every year for 10 years for your team to win back-to-back championships. Just back-to-back, too. Like, you can win them in the first two years and then have to pass a kidney stone for the other eight. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, the Blues might go back-to-back regardless, so – like I said, not worth it. No, not at all. Agree. Poll the internet. What's worse, being a tall girl or a short guy? The answer is easy here. I don't know, man. What's worse? Short guy. What do you consider short and tall, though? Like, honestly, for real. So for a short guy... Oh, man, I think under five ten. Really? Yeah. And then, I'm, what's what's a tall girl then? Over six foot. Yeah, I'm saying worse is a, is a tall girl then. I see a girl that's over six foot. I'm like, holy shit, Andre the Giant. Instant, instantly not attracted anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not attracted anymore. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's different for you because you're like what five eleven. I'm like right at 5'11", yeah. Yeah, I'm like 6'2", 6'3", on a good day. So, I mean, that's not really a big turnoff for me. So, I'm not saying it's a turnoff, but it's like, holy shit. Anytime I see a girl that's six foot tall or over, I'm like, I instantly just like wince. I still think in life you're, as, as, a, as a male, because like you see like the stereotypes on like TikTok and like Barstool, like people like swiping on Tinder, like if a guy's under fucking six foot, like he's trash so i think i think the stigma is i don't necessarily agree with it but i think it's worse in society to be a short guy than than, than a tall girl okay do you, you, you man i can see that next that was it that was all three of them oh that was it yeah i forgot the, oh yeah i forgot we did the second one yeah that was fun yeah i like those those were good ones 
Those were good ones. So oh, shit. We end our two week hiatus with an in that AFC. Shit, I almost said NFC. AFC East preview. And you shouldn't, we should no have have wow. We should no longer <laughs> we should have no longer. Uh we should no longer have any more um uh, multiple weeks off. We literally got a content calendar the rest of the summer. There'll be one week off when I'm gone on vacation, but who knows, maybe even record and do release release from that week, but we have shit coming to you guys every week this summer. Um, it's going to be a, a, uh, a hot boy summer. Yeah, it is. Um, other than that, we will put our picks out this weekend for – I will put some out for the RBC Heritage Golf Match. I'll do some for UFC Fight Nights. Curtis Blades is fighting this weekend. I will do some for UFC as well, but – golf ones coming as well so look out for them and we will see you guys next week peace okay i pull up hop out at the after party you and all your friends say they love that you're naughty sipping on it here i know you love that bacardi 1942 i take you back in the Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.